may be seated. Isn't God wonderful? He is good. He is awesome. He is great. He is powerful. He is. He is. He is everywhere. Amen. 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 And uh, and today we're going to talk about my father's business. Amen. My father's business. Amen. And uh, now last week we had a subject and someone texted me and said I was saying uh, CNN last week. <laughs> I said CNNNNN. Put too many ends in that news station, amen. <laughs> but that's all right, amen. Amen. Hey, Y'all knew what I was talking about, amen. amen. God is God is good. God is good. God is good. Um, keep my family in prayer. Uh, my, my wife's been having uh, issues with her stomach, amen. Um, and uh, so keep her in prayer. My daughter said, I'm going to take care of mom. So I said, okay. And keep my son in prayer. Um, he's just recovering over a short cold, but God has blessed him, and he's recovering real well. Um, I had, I took them out. Uh, it was actually probably my fault, because I took them out Wednesday. It was a Wednesday or Thursday. I took them out Thursday. After one of those days. I took them out, and uh, they always want to go on a trip. And, uh, and so we went out adventuring. We went out, and we went out we went on trails. We went to woods. We went to the swamps, we went everywhere. We found a tree house, we climbed it, we, we did all kind of stuff. And so, and so, and so on, when we got back home, you know how your kids, they can make you feel like, oh yeah, right? They, and uh, and I, I didn't, we didn't do much. And uh, my son came home and she ran to, and he ran to mom and my daughter and they, they came to mom and said, dad is the best adventurer in the world. Wow! I said, I said, I'm really gonna run in my next time. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I said, babe, I'm better than uh, Columbus, and he discovered America. I'm the best in the world. Amen. 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 Praise God. But in the in the time being out there, my son got sick. But that's all right. He's doing all right. Amen. Um, and so today I want to talk about my father's business. My father's business, okay? And business is what? Business is business is what you do, right? Business is your occupation, your profession, or trade, the purchase of sales or goods. It's, it's, it's your occupation, it's what you do every day to make a living, right? For yourself. Um, in business, you make purchases, you make trades, amen? Right, is that what business is? All right, amen. Now, I want to read a scripture before I go any further. And it's in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Okay? And it says, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Now, these words that Jesus spoke was the first recorded words of Christ. The very first words that were recorded in the book 
in the Bible was these words that he must be about his father's business. All right? First words. First words recorded. Amen? So, we're talking about business and we're talking about occupation. We're talking about a profession, a trade, a purchase of sales. Amen? And so, when we look at that, sometimes, sometimes we recognize a lifestyle as a business. And the reason why I say that because some of us say, stop getting up all in my business, right? So referring to why people say that is that they look at their lifestyle as some type of business, amen? And they don't want people all up in their business, especially if they do it wrong. <laughs> don't get up in my business. <laughs> look, I, hold up, y'all get too close, amen? So people don't, no, no, I don't get up all up in my business because, look, I, I might be doing some things over here. Amen? And so, um, and so sometimes we look at a lifestyle as a business. So when you, the way you live your life and the, according to you live your life can be a form of business. And if you have a business and you're running a business, no matter how good you are at that business, how you live your lifestyle on the out can very well tempt people not to hire you for the job. Amen? You might be a good electrician, but if they find out you are drunk all the time, huh? high all the time, you might just make a mistake on this one, right? Like, he, he drunk all the time. Yeah, he might be good, but he drunk all He might stumble, he might fall, he might electrocute himself, and my insurance is not going to cover that. Huh? And so your business is your lifestyle. The way you carry yourself, a job, they, you know, when, when you go into an interview, do you not know that some jobs, they look at Facebook to see what you're all about? Your business is your life. You might hit yourself and get a job talking crazy on Facebook. You put all your, all your, all your business on Facebook. Facebook got some kind of control, like, yeah, give me all of your business. It tell me everything, and I'll tell the world. And y'all know it's going to tell the world. Y'all do it anyway. Do it anyway. That's how true the enemy is, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me everything, yeah. right? And faith and it's just out there. People looking back, oh, they said this. Ooh. Mm. Uh, sorry, ma'am. I, I think the position has been taken. Or sorry, sir. I think the position has been taken. We have seen your arguments on Facebook and they're not quite pleasant. Amen? So let's look at Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 40. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 40. And it says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Now, this scripture is talking about Jesus, okay? The child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, all right? And the grace of God was upon him. Not only was he getting teaching through the home about, um, uh, about the Jewish religion, but also God's grace was upon him and is teaching him as well. And he is growing strong in spirit at a young age. I want to tell you parents today and grand, 
and grandparents, encourage your children, teach them about the love of God so they can grow and strong in spirit. Amen. So when the day comes when they're old enough, they can defend and stand against the enemy at those times. Amen. Amen. But our children need to grow up filled with wisdom and knowing that the grace of God is upon them. They need to know the grace of God is upon you. Our children need to know the grace of God is upon you. It gives them a whole different mindset. It gives them a whole a, a vision of who they are, a whole vision of, of where they're supposed to be in their mindset. Amen? Amen? Going further, it says, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. All right. So now Jesus is 12 years old. Now, this is his first time going to the festival at 12 years old. OK, and he's going to the festival. And now he's understanding. Now, remember that he's been growing and God has been speaking to him and he's beginning to understand who he is. The grace of God is upon him. He's beginning to understand. He's beginning to know. He's being taught. Amen. Amen. All right. And so now he is faced and he's at this festival. When the temple in Jerusalem was standing, the focus of the Passover festival was the Passover sacrifice. All right. And so this Passover was a celebration of what God did for them against Pharaoh. Are you with me? Now, what they were celebrating was uh, the blood of the lamb. All right. Now, they, what they did was the last uh, trial that, that was brought forth was the death angel. OK, the death angel came and was going to kill all the firstborn. But God says, if you write the blood of the lamb across your doorstep. It will pass. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. So the door, the path, they were celebrating this uh, of celebration because God, the death angel, passed them because it saw the blood of what? Yeah. It saw the blood of what? Yeah. The lamb. All right. Now you guys got to get this. Okay. They saw the, the death angel saw the blood of the lamb and it would go past them. And so now, now they are celebrating this time. And so they will take the lamb and sacrifice this lamb. All right. In the temple. Now imagine all of these people sacrificing a lamb, celebrating this Passover because God defeated Pharaoh. This was this is the thing that broke Pharaoh when his firstborn had died because the death angel visited his home. Are you with me? It was this act that the blood of the lamb that began their freedom from slavery. This is what broke Pharaoh not being covered by the Pharaoh wasn't covered. Pharaoh wasn't covered by the blood of the lamb and the death angel was able to come through the door. Mm. Are you with me? Oh, man. You it, it, it's like it's like, you know, when I when I got the uh, security home system, I got ADT and they give you that sign. Do I put that sign in my window? Huh? Because just in case you thinking about breaking it, I just I just don't want to deal with the hassle alarm going off. You coming in, breaking a window. Listen, let me put the sign out by my window so if you see it, maybe you might be like, nah, I ain't gonna mess with that house. Right? 
And so the blood of the lamb, the death angel, came and passed those that had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Amen? So now, um, let's look at, still in Luke chapter 2, and let's go to verse 43. And it says, when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So they went home and left Jesus behind in Jerusalem. And he looked look, and talking to relatives and, and stuff. And, 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 and where's Jesus? Oh, he's not with us. I remember, I remember a time we lost Jonathan one time. Don't act like y'all never lost a child before. <laughs> y'all looking at me, shame. Yeah. <laughs> shame on me. We was in the mall, and Jonathan, uh, you know, and we was walking towards J.C. Penney's. I think Sabrina, Sabrina was with us. And we was walking towards J.C. Penney's, and John was pointing, when he was real little, he was pointing at the, the merry-go-round, the horses and stuff. He was ah. like, no, we, got, we don't have time. We got to going to JCPenney's. And so we went into JCPenney's. I took out my wallet. I let go of his hand to take out my wallet to pay. Right? And everybody was looking at the cash register and not looking where Jonathan was going. And all of a sudden, we turned around. Jonathan was gone. Sherelle was running around. Jonathan, where's my baby? Running around the store, JCPenney's, running around, running around. And thank God for Sabrina. She just kind of remembered. She said, I remember Jonathan was looking at that miracle round. So she went back, and sure enough, John was getting on the horse, didn't have a quarter or nothing, just <laughs> sitting on the miracle round. Amen. Amen. But that's where his heart was, right? That's what he wanted. His heart was there. He's like, I gotta get there no matter what it takes. As soon as I get free, I'm going to that miracle round, right? Now listen, Jesus. His heart was in the temple. His heart was there. So while he was there, he was lingering around, not even thinking about his parents, not thinking about his relatives. All he was thinking about was being in the presence of God. His heart was there. He had to be there. He had to stay there. He felt something. He felt something. Imagine Jesus seeing these sacrificed lambs. Okay? Now imagine him being taught all these things. And now he's seeing the sacrifice being a lamb, understanding that the lamb was the representation of the blood of the death angel passing them, setting the people free from what? Slavery. Right? Being set free from slavery. So he's seeing this, he's seeing this celebration, and he's now putting these things together. Because all in the Old Testament, while, while all in the Old Testament is all leading up to who Jesus is. If you go through the Old Testament, as soon as Adam sinned, God put a, uh, God put a plan in place for Jesus to come. So all through Genesis to the end, uh, through the Old Testament, Jesus was getting planned. It was all planned for him coming. So now Jesus was looking at the Old Testament. Let's, let's, 
let's, let's read further. Let's read further. So, the acquaintances, uh, the relatives acquaintances, nobody knew where Jesus was. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now Saul was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Jesus is putting this thing together. Listen, I know why, why. Okay, I'm seeing the Passover, and I'm seeing that the lamb and the blood and, and the death angel passed when they saw the blood of the lamb. Hmm. And now um, I, 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 I'm understanding that the Old Testament was leading to this child that was born without a father, a virgin. Now, I, now I'm seeing and understanding that I am that child that was born. Mm, I'm asking questions. I'm trying to put this thing together. And in verse 47, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. The reason why he was so, they were so astonished, because he understood because he was it. I understand because I am the one. I get this thing. I'm starting to put it all together. Imagine Jesus getting an understanding of why he is here, putting things together for three days, still getting questions, still at, for three days he was in the temple of God. Listen, we got to get into a place where our heart is so fixed on God that we're willing to stay here and shut in for a couple of days. When your heart is so connected, say, God, I need to hear a word from you. Where our prayer team, we get the prayer team together. Where we come in here and we shut in for two days. And we come here and shut in and really focus on God. And really focus on his plan. And really focus on what he has us to do to be about our father's business. He was in the temple for three days. Asking questions, getting an understanding. Wanting to hear from God. Twelve years old. Already took on the responsibilities of a man of understanding his place here on earth. So let's go to verse 48. And it says, so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Oh, man, he was offended. Son, what are you thinking? Why have you done this to us? Right? I'm pretty sure y'all would have did a lot more than that. I'm pretty, pretty sure y'all would have did a lot more than Why have you done this to us, son? Boy, if you ever get that, y'all better stop acting like y'all wouldn't. Y'all better quit. Y'all wouldn't care who around. Y'all just start whooping. Y'all acting like y'all would. Stop. You know you were three days. So she said, why have you done this to us? Look, she said, look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I must. Listen, Jesus didn't apologize. 
He didn't apologize for what he did. Uh, he ignored the fact that his father was looking for him. Because, look, she said, your father and I, you know how we would say that? I'm going to tell your daddy, right? I'm going to tell your daddy. You keep, I'm going to tell him. Jesus, Jesus, why are you seeking me? No concern about his father looking for him. Because how soon did they forget who Jesus was? Is and why he was here. Did you forget that you were pregnant without being with a man? Mary, did you forget that an angel came to you and told you that a son would be born and that you were supposed to call him Jesus? He was supposed to be the Savior of the world. Did you forget? How soon do we forget who Jesus is? How soon do we forget our father's business? How soon do as soon as we leave out of church, we forget sometimes? We, we be here and feeling good, and as soon as we step out into the street, depression, worry, fear, doubt, your business, all that other stuff in your life, you're worrying about it, crying about it, all that stuff. You forget as soon as you just you forget as soon as trials and tribulations in your life. Who Jesus is. You forget as soon as someone slap you, someone do a smirk towards you, someone turn their back on you. You forget who Jesus is. Did you forget? You begin to turn to other things and not Jesus. Because how soon do we forget? who our Savior is? How soon do we forget how powerful he is? How soon do we forget our purpose and why we are here? How soon do we forget that we are supposed to be about our Father's business? How soon do we forget? The question was asked, Jesus asked a question, why did you seek me? Why did you seek me? You were looking around for three days. Why would you seek me? You had to know where I was at. Listen, people in your life need to know where you at. They shouldn't have to be seeking and trying to figure out if you saved or unsaved. They shouldn't be sitting there trying to figure out if you holy or unholy. God says, if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because people can't People be going around and running around the circle for days and days trying to figure you out. Is you say you talk scripture, but you're cussing. Right. You say you love Jesus and, and you're throwing a tantrum and you're acting nutty. You talk about God and you talk about this and you're in the choir box and you're doing this and you're sleeping around. I'm confused and you're having people running around. Who do I turn to? Where do I go? Right. But Jesus was like, did you forget? Why are you seeking me? I was here the whole time. Yes, sir. People, people need to know where you at. And if you make a mistake, admit it and say, I'm sorry, that's not the way I should live my life. If you slip up on the customer, if you slip up on a drink, if you slip up on a smoke, if you slip up, say, God, forgive me. Help me with this. I know I shouldn't be doing it. God, give me strength. Don't 
Because people will run around looking for what is real. Jesus, why did you seek me? You know I'm a real deal. You know who I am. Sometimes, sometimes we don't, we don't, sometimes we're looking for other things in our life. And we're seeking other things. And we're not seeking Jesus. And Jesus is standing right here and saying, here I am. Will you please come to me? Can I be the, can I be the first one you come to this time? Instead of running to this man because he's going to do you wrong. Instead of running to this female and trying to do this and trying to get that. Instead of running to this guy trying to run here, trying to run there, trying to figure out this, trying to figure out this. And once you know you can't find, figure out, then finally you come to me. Can you please come to me the first time so we can bypass all that other mess? Huh? So I can bypass all that other trouble that you're going through and I can cut it and save you and give you victory and give you encouragement right now. I can give you peace right now. I can give you joy right now. Stop looking everywhere else. I'm right here in the temple. In the temple, I'm right here. I'm in the temple. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Can I be the first? Can I be the first? Another word that stuck out when he says, why do you seek me? And then he says, did you not know? That I must, I must. Remember, Jesus was growing. His Father in heaven was shaping His and His determination. Jesus was growing, and His and the God grace was upon Him, and it was shaping His His determination. It was shaping His mindset, and He's got to the point where He said, "I must." Some of us need to get into a place where we say, "I must." I must be about my father's business. I tell you the truth, if you allow God to shape your life and mold you, mold your will, and submit to him and submit to his authority, you will begin to understand and say, I must be about my father's business. I must do this. No matter what my mama say, no matter what my daddy say, no matter what my friends think, no matter what people say around me, I must be about my father's business. No matter if I'm too tired, no matter if I feel too weak, no matter if try to make me feel discouraged, no matter if depression try to attack my body, no matter if worry try to attack my mind, no matter if sin and, and, and the finances try to attack my life, you must get to a place where you say, I must be about Jesus. Because what the enemy wants to do is get you all wrapped up in life, all wrapped up in business, all wrapped up in this, all wrapped up in that, where all of a sudden is, maybe I'll be about Jesus. Maybe I'll be about his business. But we must pray and ask God, Lord, mold me to a place where I say I must. When things attack me and things come against me and temptation comes, when temptation tries to attack, temptation doesn't come from God, temptation comes from the enemy. When those temptations come, you must be in the place where you say, I must be about my father's business. I must. I must. 
Jesus was at a place of saying, I must. No matter what I face, no matter what comes against me, no matter how many people try to kill me, I must. No matter what they say, no matter, no matter if they reject me, no matter if they spit in my face, no matter what they try to do to kill me, I must be about my father's business. Jesus submitted to the authority of his father. The question you need to ask, and we need to ask ourselves, do you feel you must? Or is this, a mis is this miserable to you? Is this miserable? You've got to ask yourself, is this miserable to me? Coming to church, coming to Bible study, am I just dragging myself to this? Is it miserable to me? You need to ask yourself that question. Because now you need to revert and re retrain your whole mindset and say, I'm not going to drag myself no more. I'm not going to, as soon as I feel like I'm barely pushing, I'm going to praise God. Because that's not the attitude God wants me to have coming to his kingdom, coming to his church, coming to doing his work. I need to have an attitude, God, fill me with the joy when I do your will. Fill me with the joy when I come to church. Fill me with the joy when I come to Bible study. Fill me with the joy when I'm talking about your glory and your goodness. Because that's who God can use. Those who says I must and not miserable doing this. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I started a texting at work. And uh, and I found myself doing it, trying to do it every morning, doing it every other morning. But then I found myself just going through the motion, just texting, just throwing a scripture up there. Just, I said, this don't feel right. No. I don't want to just go through the motion, just giving people the, the love of God, even though it's through a text. Do you not know there's emotion and feeling that comes through what you're doing? Even if it's through a text, there's a spirit that's inside of you that moves. So now when I'm texting, I stop and I pause. And I pray for my heart to be moved by God before I send the text out. Because I know when I send the text out, God, your spirit is moving through the technology. And so when I did that, it was a day where I, it was morning I woke up, I said, I stopped myself. I said, I'm not going to just go through the motions, but I'm going to pray and ask God, help me send this text through out of my heart, through out of the gut of love that I have for people. God, help me. And so when I sent that text, I've been sending texts with them for a while. And now all of a sudden, one of the young men came to me, he said, that was it. That, that one that you sent, it, I was going through something today and it was... I didn't know if I was going to make it. I, I didn't know. I didn't. I was going through a lot, and I needed that. But if I was just willy-nilly, just sending stuff out, not really connecting with the Holy Spirit on what to sin, you have to say, I must. A determination of everything you do. When you go to the mall, when you go to Walmart, wherever you are, you must say, I must. As soon as you walk through the door, you must be praying and say, God, give me the opportunity to share your love. Open up a door or a way that I can share who you are, God. I must be about my father's business. Are you with me? Listen, is understanding his father's business. All right. Now, knowing why he was here, seeing the blood of the lamb, that the blood represented freedom from slavery from Pharaoh. But his blood will be the freedom from sin and death. His business was to destroy the work, the business of the enemy, and make a purchase. 
See, when he saw the blood of the lamb, he began to recognize who he was. Now, I want you to understand that in John, in, in John chapter, in chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist recognized that Jesus was the lamb of God. All right? John the Baptist said, here comes the lamb of God. Now, Jesus began to put this thing together that this blood of this lamb, that I am a lamb that had been sent by God as he was putting and asking questions to the temple. And so when his mama said, what are you doing? He said, I'm about my father's business. I realize that I'm here to be the blood of the lamb to set people free from sin. So when death comes and they see the blood on their body, when they see the blood of Jesus Christ, now death will pass and they will be able to rise again. They were now connected with the blood of the lamb. This lamb was a festival uh, celebration for what God did in the past. But Jesus' blood was coming to represent what he was getting ready to do in the future right now. And his blood is still working right now. In John 10 verse uh, in John 10 verse 25 it says Jesus answered them I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name they bear witness of me but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep as I said to you my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand and I and my father are one. When Jesus said this he knew that when he bled and he died he was going to put you in the palm of his hands and when you belong to Jesus Christ in the palm of his hands there is nothing that can destroy you nothing that can attack you that is too powerful God. God was letting the people know my people will hear me and they will come. They will follow me. They will say, I must be about your business. They will come and run and they will fight to know and do what God is telling them to do. And because you are in the palm of God's hands and because of the blood of Jesus Christ raining down your body, because of the blood of Jesus Christ raining through your veins, you are able to stand. You are able to walk. You are able to move and look death in the face and say, you must pass me. Why? Because I'm covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. The enemy will try to bring you struggles and bring you all this. But guess what? Death can't even touch me. So what makes you think all of these trials and tribulations going to keep me down? I got the blood of Jesus Christ raining through my veins. He said I would never be snatched from his hands. Today he's holding on to you. Today he's got you. Today he's controlling. Today he's got it holding on to you. Not letting you go. The enemy's tugging, trying to pull you out of his hand. But it's the blood of Jesus Christ that is right against your brow. That is on your doorstep. That every time he tries to come in, he looks at the blood and has to run the other way. The enemy needs to see the blood. He needs to see that you're about your father's business. See, the Israelites, they were about their father's business. They said, Moses, what we got to do? We got to put blood on the door on the lamb. 
Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. You got to be about your father's business. They were delivered because they listened to God. How many people are dying and suffering when we don't listen to God? How many people are dying and suffering when God says, talk to them? God says, here, just pray for them. God says, here, go, 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 go. And you're like, ah, I don't know, ah, ah, ah. What if the Israelites was like, ah, I don't know if I should put blood on the door. That's, that's nasty. Huh? <laughs> that's nasty, putting blood? I don't know. And they didn't do it. And that was like, oh, okay, I'm coming up in here. You didn't listen to God. Now I'm taking your firstborn. How many people are dying today because they're not listening to God? How many people are dying without God living an everlasting death instead of an everlasting life? It is time for us to hear the word of God, hear him so that we can move. Listen, God has given us the power and the ability to do his business. We must every day in our life do his business. This is the last scripture I'm going to read. It's in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. When he shed his blood and he rose from the dead, and he has given us the authority and the power to do his business. Jesus was walking around. See, the thing is, if you know about business, when you're, when you're in management or when you're in business, they, they give you uh, give you things, especially when you're going out and doing business for them. Give you a company car, give you a, a company card account so you can use it for dinners and different things. You get special things, right? When you're representing a business, when you're going out to different countries and going out to different places, you represent that business and they're going to make sure you stack and you safe, right? So now, listen, Jesus is, is going up and he's and, and before when Jesus was down here, he had the power of God reign through him. He had the power and the ability to do and fight against the enemy. He had the power to heal. He had the power to set free. He had the power to break chains. He had the power to heal. He had the power to overcome. He had that power because he was in another land. He was in another country. This wasn't his home. And I'm trying to tell you today, this is not your home. This is not where you belong. You belong into a higher place. You belong to the kingdom of God. You belong in heaven, the Almighty. You are, this is not your home. You, you are from somewhere else. You've got to get that in your head because the enemy is trying to make you think that this is your home and everything that you're going against and your mind and messing with your mind and say, oh, everything is, is messed up now. You must tell him, this is not my home. And once you realize that you're about your father's business and this is not your home, God is going to give you everything you need to survive to do his business. Do you not think when I send somebody out doing my business with nothing? If they're doing my business, I'm going to make sure they can do my business. And what I'm trying to tell you today is Jesus wanted to make sure that we can do the business of God. He wanted to make sure that we're walking strong, talking strong, doing the business of God. So in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it 
will be by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. God is saying, I'm giving you everything you need to do my business. Now, this is not for you to go out and find you a serpent to test the business. This is not for you to go and find out from poison and drink some poison. That is not what God is telling you. He's saying, while you're doing my business, the enemy is going to come and try to attack you. While you're doing my business, the enemy is going to try to come and take you out. So while you're doing my business, I'm going to give you the power and the ability to overcome the serpent. Now, the serpent, you can thank the enemy, the devil. He said you'll be able to, he was talking about just not the physical serpent. He was talking about the enemy. He was talking about Satan himself, the serpent that deceived me. He said you will be able to take him by the neck and say, get out of my face. I belong to another business. I belong to a higher power. I am not from this place. And I will walk all over you. So he will give you the ability. So what is your serpent in your life? What is what is trying to attack your life? What is coming against your life? Whatever your serpent is, I want to tell you today that God has given you the ability to take up that struggle, to take up that trial, and throw it out your life. God has given you the power and the ability for whatever poison trying to attack your life to say, God, give me the strength to overcome this poison that's trying to make me forget about you. Whatever is trying to keep me and keep me down in sin, God, help me overcome it. You have given me the power to overcome whatever is trying to hurt you, whatever is trying to attack you. God wants to give you the power to lay hands on the sick so that they recover so that they know it's not you, but it's Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many people that God has led me to to lay hands on and they have been healed and they have been delivered and I say it's Jesus. If you believe, God will move through your belief, through your faith. If you believe and step out of faith, God will move through your faith and things will move and things will happen. Things will happen. Things will happen. Things will happen. God is asking us to be about his business. God is asking us to tell the enemy, I must be about my father's business. So when doubt and fear try to attack your mind, when it feels like you have given up, when the serpent tries to come, when spiritual demons try to come around you, it's time for you to stand and say, I must be about my father's business. And know that God has given you the power and the ability to fight against anything that's in this earth, in this world, because you're from another place. And that kingdom power belongs to you.